Hello friends and welcome back to Still No Plan. My name is Autumn Webb and I'm here with Jordan Granger and we are so happy you're here and today we're going to chat five lessons from Jordan turning 25 from living 25 years on this earth. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Woohoo. Yeah, I am 25 and it feels so old and people are going to be like, that's not old, but I feel like I'm like, oh my God, I'm like a real life adult now. Like for it, real. It sounds older. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, it's a clear demarcation <laughs> for sure. Like I've had a lot of people be like, oh, 25, like that's a big one. It's like now you're closer to 30, even though technically you're equidistant to 20, it just feels like, no, like now you're almost 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot. We've talked a lot about the solidifying of our prefrontal cortex, which I think it happens at 25. I, I just turned 25 and I feel it. I have a prefrontal cortex that I did not, in fact, have a year ago. What do you feel like the biggest symptom or like biggest thing that you can tell your prefrontal cortex is developing? Like, what do you think the biggest change has been for you? Well, this is what I was telling Danny. Uh, the other day, I was like, the thing that they don't tell you about your prefrontal cortex developing is that all of a sudden you have this brain that has like critical thinking skills that looks back (laughs) on the decisions you previously made. (laughs) And I think that's the biggest thing is that like, I have way less forgiveness for myself looking back at like how much of an idiot I was like I was like in what world did I think that was a good idea or like the guys that I was letting like treat me like shit like why did I do that like who what was I think like I just weren't you weren't clear yeah literally I wasn't thinking like it's so clear to me that I literally did not have long-term considerations in my decision making back then looking at like any of the decisions I made so I feel like that's the clearest difference is I like literally can think differently about the situations I was in a way that like yes you should cringe your past self because you're growing anyway but now it's like completely different it's like I literally don't understand why I did those things like I'm like what the fuck was I thinking (laughs) can't fathom how like any rational person would ever think a plus b equals whatever yeah you thought it was whatever idiotic thing I was doing at the time uh I feel like well that's like the main thing that like science talks about is yeah the frontal cortex or prefrontal cortex is all about like ability to think through like proper consequences and I feel like I've told you this. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but that was like when I learned that in AP Psych when I was like 14 or 15 years old, that was my go-to excuse when my mom would get pissed at me. <laughs> and I was like, you literally can't blame me. Like I cannot think through decisions properly. It's my brain. I can't, I don't have any control over it. And I told my, my middle brother that recently and Oh no! don't you dare fucking start saying that shit I will slap you across the face she was like I didn't slap on it because me and her dad weren't together and I didn't want to deal with that and she's like "Uh uh-uh I will smack you if you use that excuse against me (laughs) oh my god honestly you just had the words for it like I remember getting in trouble and my dad being like why did you do this and I remember just sitting there being like I don't fucking know dad like I don't have an answer for you like I just did it because I do things because I'm an idiot child and so yeah I think that's the biggest thing is like all of a sudden you have this fresh 
perspective that makes <laughs> your past hurt so yeah. much more. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, who, what was I doing? <laughs> I kind of feel like, yes, that. I feel like the main thing for me though, and maybe it's just something that I've really been learning and totally embodying the last two years is like really not taking shit like personally that other people do like I know there's a certain level of like certain friendships and like people can definitely hurt you still I'm not saying that but I'm like little petty things like people not responding to your text messages or like people bailing on like a hangout plan or just people not inviting you to like a group hangout plan, like things that used to really offend me in college or even in high school, like net, like don't even a little bit bother me anymore. Like, yeah, I, have, I don't know. I feel like people forget to text back all the time. It doesn't bother me at all. And so many people will always be like, Oh my God, so sorry. It took me two weeks to respond. Like I really didn't mean to blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally could not care less that it took you yeah. two weeks to respond. Like, I get it. I'm cool that you responded. And even if you didn't respond, I would never hold it against you. Like we're still friends. I don't care. And I, and it's so funny, like these little things that would really like, I would be like crying in my room if I didn't get invited to like a sleepover in high school or something. And I'm like, Oh, they didn't invite me to lunch. Like, no worries. I'll see him next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree on that. Like little shit just doesn't hurt the same. (laughs) I think another one, another sign and symptom of your prefrontal cortex developing is um, your priority shifting. Like that is a huge one for me. I was just, I've been talking to a bunch of people about this this week. And like, it's weird because you have, you all of a sudden are like, oh my God, I have completely different priorities than these things that I believed for so long. Like, where you're gonna live I mean that was the example that I've been talking to people about so it's like I was like I'm never gonna live in a small town like I don't understand why people want to live in like a little teensy community boring boo (laughs) and then now I'm like oh my god the stability and the community feel and like the good education systems like there's so many benefits (laughs) that I am now like focusing on and thinking about in a way that I never prioritized and then there's this weird transition period between those two things where like I still have the habitual thoughts of my past self but Mm -hmm. I have like a new set of priorities so I still will feel like oh but I need to like I'm giving up the nightlife and it's like I haven't taken advantage of the nightlife in like (laughs) a year at least (laughs) and so but like my dream is just like (laughs) my version of nightlife is like Netflix on the couch like and I love it I I eat that shit up. It's my favorite day of the week is when Ty and I can can watch Netflix past nine on Friday. Oh uh-huh. And so I think there's this weird part where like your brain is still adjusting, like your behavioral patterns and habits are still adjusting. But like, mm-hmm. so you feel like, oh, maybe I like shouldn't, I don't know, move in with my boyfriend or like do this thing that I was like always so against. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, now that I think about it, like that's actually not a bad idea, which makes sense. It's why like you look at your parents and you're like, you're so boring. I don't understand why you made the decisions that you made like your entire life. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, (laughs) get now. (laughs) Yeah. I also, I feel like part of it too is 
definitely COVID. And I know that's like not a sexy topic to talk about, but I kind of think that COVID impacted people, obviously impacted everyone, but I kind of think people in our age range, like there was two results for like the direction that that you went afterwards. And I think for some people, they felt so repressed during COVID that they kind of were like, I'm going to go even crazier in my party phase and like take advantage. I was robbed of these years in my twenties. So I need to go harder now. Mm-hmm. And I think some people like us, it just sped up. Uh, like we're just like, Oh, that phase of our life is over. And it just like quickened the goodbye process to that maybe. And yeah. like, now I just feel like we, we graduated to like 30, even though we're not, I kind of just think it was like, a split of like you said goodbye to your party and that's just in general in your 20s anyway but I kind of think COVID like fast forwarded that because realistically thinking about me like I and knowing myself if I had moved to San Diego post-graduation Sean still wasn't there and like I didn't really know anyone I and it wasn't COVID I for sure would have been like going out every weekend trying to meet people like I wouldn't have been like by myself every weekend that's that's just not me or wasn't me then and so I probably think I would have had an extended party phase for a few more years if like there wasn't that forced isolation and like lack of social yeah time well because it's like we almost like we had to mourn our 20s and then they're, they're like well you can get back out there now and it's like well like, we already like put now in I'm work. 40 why yeah <laughs> like now I love my nights in so Yeah, I think all of those things are becoming very apparent to me. And I also think it's like, kind of to your point, like everything's fine. Like whatever anyone's doing is like their business. And I'm like, I don't care. Like do, like, I just think in a way that I wasn't before, like I was much more obsessed with like conforming and like everyone being a part of the group think and like people that weren't doing that, I was like uncomfortable with. And it was much clearer to me that like we were, I was much more like, this is the, like, stick to the status quo. (laughs) And like, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I know I literally don't care. Like, I want to like move and live on a ranch and like not have cell service (laughs) and like like, be with the land and raise my kids like little hippie children who like are raising chickens. Um, And like also part of it, 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 on your point of like group think, like, I used to get like so offended and so emotional about certain political topics. And if someone didn't have the exact same belief as me, I was like, whoa, you're a bad person. Like, whoa, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would be like arguing to the point of tears on certain things. And now I'm kind of like, I can't control you, man. Whatever. I'm so like, I'm just going to do my thing you know, and I don't know if that's an age thing too, because I have a friend here in San Diego who's like very, like very liberal and was the same way, like arguing with the point of tears, like so emotional, emphatic about things. And just this weekend, she was telling me, she's like, I don't care anymore. And I, and she's like two years, like younger than me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's just a part of like your brain developing where you're kind of like, I want to, you know, be a part of like, progress and like fight for what I believe in but at a certain point I'm not going to like like kill myself over it or is part of it also just like burnout in terms of like you know social media burnout and whatever else I don't know but I thought that was interesting too 
Yeah, I do think our generation is facing political burnout because we came into like such a tumultuous time. Both, <laughs> I was talking to my parents about this, like, and we don't have to get into a full political conversation here, but yeah. just a quick little addition to that. I think like because of the ex- constant exposure that our generation has to media, we get a lot more burnt out. We can't really remove ourselves from that and like join in when we have it. And to your point, it's like, yeah, there's still topics that we both very strongly believe in, but like, I think I've come to recognize that like sitting at a party and arguing with someone is like not going to actually have an impact on that topic. And like, there's no (laughs) point, but like, I can like vote and advocate and like learn and educate myself. Like those are good beneficial things. And so I think I was so obsessed with like being right. And like, no, we all have to think the same, like, or else everything's wrong. And it's like, no, okay. Like whatever our votes will cancel each other out and we can like, (laughs) I'll do other things to help work, work on it. So yeah, I feel oh, that. You mean that you didn't become a senator at your weekly dinner party? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I found this thing in my Google Drive, which is, it was so funny. It's tracking me up and I wanted to tell you about it. And I don't know if you have any like programmed <laughs> discussion topics for today. So if you do, we can go into that afterwards. But so I was clearing out my Google Drive because I've had the same email since I was like 14 and it's mm. like you have no storage so I was trying to go and delete like all of my high school projects and college projects and like whatever and I found this one from my senior year of high school and it's called me in six words and it's like this shitty like stupid <laughs> font right and then, and then I scroll to the next the next page and it says wait I just turned 12 yesterday <laughs> and it's all these like little baby pictures of me and then compared to like my like welcome to the Trojan family and like graduation pictures and I thought it was so funny that 17 year old me chose wait I just turned 12 yesterday because I feel like that's the same energy of our podcast like 100% but like what is that now seven or eight years like down the line and we still have I we because you're with me when I was 17 I still have the same like mindset energy I thought that was so it was cracking me up on myself and I was like I have to I have to show Jordan this that's really cute I feel like um some at some point we need to read your diary because I just think there's really good content in there that's being withheld and so um yeah I want to do that but I do have some planned programming today why we should just you know, do a whole five hour episode of just me doing dramatized readings of my diary. I think you, I think it would be so good. And Maybe we could like out. open every episode with like a new entry from Autumn's diary. <laughs> That's basically the pod, the podcast is like my modern diary now. I don't like, we can't keep I'm a journal. Doing. So we just do this instead. <laughs> yeah, it's funny today for the first time, I was like, I kind of want a journal and then I couldn't find it. And I was like, well, no journal. <laughs> That's it. There's no other route for writing my feelings, same, man. I still haven't filled up my journal from when I was like, when I started it in like 2014 or something. Oh my God. Yeah. I, my diaries are slow moving. <laughs> my diaries and planners. So childish. Like my writing just like, it, it's like today I went to the park and I saw so-and-so and it made me really sad. It's just like stupid. It would it would be so hard. So maybe it would we- definitely be entertaining someday. It'll be a surprise for everyone. <laughs> yeah, everyone definitely <laughs> tune in for that one. That will be good. I pinky promise. Okay, so I do have my five lessons that we can 
discuss. Um, I wouldn't say that these are like, I mean, I guess they're kind of just like five rules I live by now that I have turned 25. Like they're not necessarily, they're all obviously all things that I kind of learned in the past year <laughs> as my free friends. I don't think I really knew any of these things prior to this or I like couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I think that it, 25, like we said, is a big, weird, significant number for some reason. And you do really feel, I do feel like I can feel my brain developing and I am now a real human. So I can make these statements. Now you're a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a little, I'm a, I'm a baby. baby. (laughs) Have you seen those memes that are like, when I fuck up at work, but I'm just still a corporate baby. But then it's like, I'm actually like four years into my corporate now and three, three years. I saw one yesterday. It cracked me up. It was like, but Mr. Boss, I'm just a 25 year old teenager. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) No, that's really me at work. (laughs) I'm like, I'm the intern. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I have a full-time job here and I'm supposed to be contributing equally. Um, Okay, so my first rule that I lived by is don't waste your time on people that make you second guess yourself. And I think the main thing, I think the main like lesson that I've really come to learn about this in the past year is like the second guessing yourself is the indicator of an unhealthy friendship. Like there are so many things that you kind of put up with for so long. And like there are things that you can put up with with people, but the the people that you shouldn't be spending time with are the people that when you leave the conversation, you're like, did I say something wrong? Like, were they, were they mad at me? Like, you're just like constantly like reanalyzing and second guessing everything you do because they are known to like go talk shit or go like they want to interpret you in the wrong way. So I think that's kind of recently been my indicator of like who I don't have a lot of time in the week. Like I work a full-time job. I live with my boyfriend. I have two dogs. I like don't have a lot of time with people so like the only people I'm going to spend my time with are the ones that I like hang out with have a great time and leave and like don't really think anything of it like if I'm thinking a lot of it it's like that wasn't a good experience yeah I also like you you want to spend your time with people who like recharge you and if you're if you're stressed one about the encounter in the middle of it that's not recharging and then two if you're stressing about the encounter afterwards that's like double draining you know Mm -hmm. it's like yeah I feel like the best weekend or trip is when we're like yep good okay now it's Monday (laughs) move on like I'm not thinking about everything that happened yeah yeah and like and I think the other thing is like you know those people that you talk to and you have to really think about every single word that's coming out of your mouth because you're like or like you're like oh I don't want to talk about my hobbies because I know they're gonna make fun of like those type of people it's just like no don't spend time with those people and so yeah, I, I, that's like my new, my new standard. If I feel that way, you're probably not getting any texts from me. So if you are getting texts from me, it means I don't feel that way about you. <laughs> if you're one of the three people getting texts from me. <laughs> if you're one of the three people I spend one hour every month with, it's because I truly <laughs> love you and you are one of my closest friends. <laughs> it's so funny like everyone's like oh my god you must see Bella all the time because she lives up here and we literally see each other like maybe once a month we are always opposite gone but it's fun we, we get to see each other more than I see anyone else from college well also like especially when you're an adult like it's so hard everyone has their own like full-time job like you know it's 
schedules are conflicting and like one person's out of town that's okay I'm gonna see you in a month now like you know you know like this the calendar is so quick to fill Mm -hmm. up there's only so many hours outside of the workday that it's really hard like yeah I feel like I've I was like nervous when I moved out of my last living situation of like being able to keep in touch with my old roommates I wanted to like stay friends with them and we have stayed friends, but I've seen them way less than I want to. Like I literally, I see them both like maybe once a month. And, you know, I've also had so much travel in there that I've probably actually seen them like three times since I've moved out, which is less than once a month. At this rate. <laughs> but like, I still feel very close to them and consider them close friends. It's just like, I don't know. Calendar fills up, man, which is calendar. also don't take it personally mm-hmm. because everyone's calendar fills up mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> We're just no- like, yeah. We're busy women. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're all old, we're all old ladies. Um, okay. My next one, it kind of sounds contradictory, but it's not, it's okay to be uncomfortable, awkward, or bad at something. I feel like I spent all of my teens and twenties avoiding anything that made me look bad. Anything that made me like awkward or social situations where I felt like uncomfortable like I would just like drink as much as I could to like not feel uncomfortable and I think we talked about this in an episode like no it's actually coming out next week but you're allowed to like have a few minutes at the beginning of a party where you're like waiting to break the ice like it doesn't need to be free-flowing right away constantly and like same with hobbies like you are allowed to do something just because you enjoy it and not because you're good at it and yes it did take me 25 years to figure that out (laughs) and to unlearn my like high school like goal-oriented achiever programming and be like okay now like I got into college I did it like I can just have a bad hobby that is a waste of time but it's not because it makes me happy (laughs) yeah I think also like I want to emphasize double down on that that you're allowed to have an you need an icebreaker with like your absolute best friend in the world and like your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend like you it just because your level or degree of closeness doesn't mean that there's also going to need to be an icebreaker or going to be a little silence especially if like that is not someone that you see every day like there's probably there's gonna need to be a few back and forth before like a topic really hits and you go into it like yeah I, I kind of feel like social media has like really distorted our view of like what a good conversation or a good time or a good evening is and that's something that I on your same note I feel like I've become really comfortable with like being the person at the party that's not talking to anyone for a few minutes like mm just like standing and waiting if if everyone's like really deep in conversation you don't want to like interrupt like I used to feel so uncomfortable if I wasn't a hundred percent engaging with someone all the time and now I'm like you know what it's also just totally cool to like sit and wait until people wander over to you like people yeah. are going to wander over to you and just observing is nice too and I don't think people do that as much anymore because there's a constant like if I'm alone I'm talking to I'm gonna go on my phone I'm gonna scroll Mm -hmm. and so like pushing against that actively it's also kind of made me enjoy like sometimes being a wallflower and being like yeah I'm at this party and like and I say party it's like 10 people hanging out I'm like with 10 people hanging out and like I don't need to be the star of attention or like talking to everyone the whole time yeah yeah and it's like no one cares like no one's looking at you being like oh my god autumn only 
contributed 50% of the time instead of like, it's like no one is thinking about that. So yes, I agree with that. Um, okay. Kind of a second, like double down on that is that hobbies are the secret to happiness. I feel like hobbies are so important and they're so underrated and like really like every time I talk to anyone our age, who's like working a boring corporate job and is living a boring corporate life. The only time people really light up is like when they talk about their hobbies, like, oh, yeah, well, I'm super into biking right now. Like, oh, I'm like running a marathon. You know, it's like there's these like little things that you can do and it just like makes your week so much better. And I think people graduate and think that like their job is going to bring them everything that they need. And I think that's why a lot of people feel corporate burnout because you're like expecting the social aspect to come from work, the like fun and engagement. It's like sometimes like a job can just be a good job and like that's fine. And that's honestly what it should be. And you can use the rest of your time to fill up your life with like joy and happiness. It shouldn't all be riding on like one thing. And so I really think like the secret to being happy in your 20s is having hobbies. A hundred percent. Like I don't. I was thinking, I was laying in bed last night and I was thinking like, wow, it's so nice that like only 25, like hopefully if things go well, like we have so many like years and I was like, am I just going to like ice skate and dance forever? Like, is that what I'm going to do? And I was like, well, if I ever master those things and get bored, which I probably won't because I also love those things, I'll move on to the next hobby. There's so many things I can learn. There's so, so many, many hobbies. I haven't, I want to learn crochet. I want to know how to knit. I want to learn how to paint and draw. Like there are so many even more obscure and weird things that I've never tried or heard of before. Like that is something that's always like a fun thing to think of. It's like, maybe you haven't even found your like favorite hobby yet. Or maybe you haven't mm-hmm. even heard your favorite music yet. Or like met your, your future like best friends yet. And there's so much there's so much out there. I, people who don't have hobbies, I literally don't understand. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't have hobbies. I just drank. That was my hobby. (laughs) And like, and I think that's, I will say, I think a lot of people our age succumb to that specifically is like drinking takes up so much of your fucking time. Like get a hobby in the kindest way possible. You'll be way happier. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also think too, like some people are just struggling so much with like work and like just mental health stuff that at the end of the day they don't even feel like they have like the energy to pursue Mm -hmm. a hobby but it doesn't have to be a physical hobby like it could literally be something it could be knitting it could be something that you do while you're watching tv if that's like the only level that you have and it can still it will bring so much joy like i if i could if i could give one piece of advice yeah it would be get a hobby hobbies and I think like we always talk about friendships versus community and community is so important especially in your 20s like when you're not living in college with all of your besties in the entire world hobbies are how you find community like that's how you find like-minded people that you can talk to about everything and like not everything but like your little thing that you guys talk about like your knitting club or like yeah like I horseback ride that's my hobby and like I can talk to I like have my little community I don't talk to them at any other time than when I'm at my stables but like when I'm there I have my little community we chit chat about the horses and like what's going on and it's just like nice to have another place and I think yes people get so tired after work but like it re-energizes your brain 
Like I'm always like dreading horseback riding. I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to be going, but I know that every single time I will feel energized and excited and happy afterwards. I also just learned on the knitting point that specifically doing little tasks with your hands, which this makes sense. Cause like, you know how busy work is always kind of like Fun. gives you happy chemicals. Yeah. So it turns out that like doing things with your hands like that, like knitting, cooking, gardening, um, there were some other examples, but like that, like puzzling, like those types of things trigger, like that movement of your hands specifically triggers the reward centers in your brain and releases happy chemicals. And so like, that's why, like, I love cooking after work. Like, you know, how cooking always kind of makes you feel good. I hate planning what I'm going to cook, but I like the actual act of cooking. And so like, literally, if you're tired and burnt out and you feel like you can't have a hobby, if you can like puzzle, that'll release release the same happy chemicals in your brain that like you can get and the adrenaline that you get when you're about to finish it's the last piece honestly this we sound so nerdy what I am nerdy but two it's actually fun (laughs) something that I think is fun that everyone should implement in the United States which they do more in Europe is chopping your vegetables sitting down (laughs) Mm. because sometimes cooking like I sometimes I hate chopping because I just take so long but if you're just like sitting down and like doing it it's way less aggravating or annoying yeah and it's something that we should definitely implement into our culture so that's my my (laughs) one takeaway from Jordan's cooking point or her hand point (laughs) this is autumn soapbox today is (laughs) chop chop your veggies sit down (laughs) um I like that Mm -hmm. uh yeah so hobbies are the secret to everything The next one I would say is so important is set expectations and standards from the beginning. So like, especially at work, I would say is where I've learned this, but then I'm like, no, this also applies to the rest of my life. And I need to continue doing this. Um, Don't be like, oh, I'm trying to be the best employee or like be the cool girl that this guy likes or whatever it is. And just continue compromising on your boundaries so that they like you and just, and like, enjoy you as an employee or a girlfriend or whatever it is like more because then you're gonna have to maintain these horrible boundaries and like it's just gonna deteriorate in the end Mm -hmm. or you're gonna get burnt out and if you instead like maintain your expectations maintain your standards from the very beginning like yes you may have to be more comfortable with like less people liking you or thinking you're an incredible employee but you're gonna get when you do have people who like you, they are liking you for like the real reasons and they're liking you for your actual authenticity. And when you find people who appreciate your work style, like you're going to continually be a good employee and show up as the best employee as you can for that job because you aren't getting your boundaries crossed a hundred times a week. And if you're like, oh, I'm new, I'm going to let my boundaries get crossed. Then you have to take away from them and they're going to end up hating you more later. If you're like, oh no, now I don't work on Friday nights. They're going to be like, what you always do. Like, what? who do you think you are? Whereas if you're like me and you're like, nope, I literally turn off every notification on my phone for the weekend. Like do not exist. Don't text me. Don't call me. Like I am not here. Mm -hmm. They never expect to get a response from me ever until Monday. So yeah, I think like, from the very beginning, setting harsh standards and expectations and boundaries and following those is so important and beneficial. Yeah, I think especially in the workplace, setting boundaries is really important. I think that was something that we've probably talked about this in our other like work episodes, but my biggest 
regret or like mistake in the corporate world was not setting boundaries. And I, I think that comes from like an eagerness to learn and to want to perform well and to like get promoted. You just, it's very common for people who are young in career to be like, give me everything. I'll take that project. I'll do that. I'll show you that I can do whatever you want and more. And then you do that and they're like, cool, keep doing it. And you're like, what about a raise or like any promotion or any thing good for it? And they're like, well, you told us you would do it without that. So why would we, it's like that saying where it's like, oh, like this is wife level behavior, like need to level up. We'll make that joke. It's like, oh, actually this is um, promotion autumn behavior, like need to give raise before start acting this way. And, and I, cause I think, I did that in all in both of my roles and like it it just didn't lead to growth for me personally it just led to people crossing boundaries more and more but also something that I heard in a podcast about boundaries that was like helpful for me to reframe because I think in the last two years maybe like this conversation on boundary setting has been such like a buzzword and it's kind of like what is it and like I don't like I was kind of like struggling to grasp the concept But this one um, therapist or life coach was talking about how good boundary setting, it's the the onus on like who's going to enforce the boundary is you. And if there's a good boundary, no, someone can never cross it because if you're truly enforcing it, you will remove yourself from the situation if they even come close. Like a good boundary is never crossed because not because of someone respecting you, but because of you enforcing, like the boundary is if you do this to me, I will leave. And as soon as close to doing that, you leave. So you don't even let them cross it. And people, the way that people will learn to respect your boundaries is not by crossing them and then you changing your boundary. It's by you not letting them cross it. And then they can Mm -hmm. decide, do I want to, be around this person with those limitations or is that not worth it to me? Like it's, I hear, I think I'll hear a lot of people saying, oh, they just crossed so many of my boundaries. And it's like, well, you let them cross those boundaries. Like yeah, kept yourself in a situation when they kept crossing your boundaries with a job thing. It's like, I know it's not easy, but you could leave the workplace or you could go to HR. There are like, Mm -hmm. there are steps in, in actions that you could take to remove yourself from a certain situation, even if it feels like there aren't options, there are. There are. There's always options. There's always another job out there. Like that always. too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, agreed. Okay, my last one is being proactive is way easier than being reactive, which like obviously, but to our point of not having long-term decision-making <laughs> skills until <laughs> right now. I think like now I can finally see the consequences and specifically, I think this is like really strong for mental health and burnout, corporate burnout, like kind of on the same topic of boundaries, being proactive about taking time off, taking what you need, not overloading your plate, asking for help when you need it, asking for clarification when you need it and say with mental health, like doing your little mental health routine, whatever it is that makes you happy and like keeps you from getting out of slumps is so much easier than being burnt out and trying to get unburnt out or being depressed and trying to get out of a depression slump. Because at that point, not only do you have to do more to get out, but you also have more against you because you're burnt out. And so you are trying to like, it's like running an uphill battle, but the hill is steeper and you're like carrying a bag of rocks. Like it's so much harder So 
that's something that I do really well with work now with burnout is like the second I start feeling burnt out. I always say, I told my boss this the other day, I was like, I just realized that I am like a work toddler. And like, (laughs) sometimes like when I hear my brain, like screaming at me about my job, I really just like need a nap. (laughs) And so I need to just like take some time off and like take my little work nap. And I think that's like a great way to think about it. Like if you start or like with people or relationships, if you're like, oh, I'm hearing all this like negativity and anger and loud, like aggressive negativity about whatever I'm doing in my head, step away from it, try and like be, uh, find space to like reevaluate. And, um, it just like, I don't know, it's just way easier to stay up in front of it than to get behind it. I had that same thought last night, actually, because I was just like kind of scrolling on Pinterest and I saw this like thing and it was like depression day, like checklist. And it was basically what to do if you're like in a really bad state of depression, like these four activities. And it's like, get out of bed once, brush your teeth and like take a shower. Like, and that sounds like simple, but if you are, if you have ever had like a really bad depressive episode like those three things can feel like like moving fucking mountains like it can feel like so hard and I had the thought to myself like oh my gosh it's just it's way better to just never let yourself even get there and it's not possible to say I'm never gonna let that happen because obviously things happen in life but like I don't know I've experienced depression and have my own battles with anxiety and I personally can feel when things start to like go on a downward slope. And so it's so important that when you feel those like hints or tinges of like, oh shoot, maybe this is like an alarm that like my mental health is kind of slipping. Like then you really need to go full force on the proactive behaviors because yeah, it it feels harder when you are like slipping mentally to implement those behaviors. But like, it's going to be easier when you're like halfway down the mountain. Yeah. You're like literally in the fucking valley. Like I yeah. never want to be at that place again, but I probably like, I don't know. I probably will. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't never, but I know that without like barring extreme circumstances, like I want to do everything in my power to not get there. And so like my anxiety has been slipping like more lately. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get on my shed. I need to be doing my yoga more. Like, back on my supplements, like very hitting these things that I know make me feel better a hundred percent or as close to as I can get. Yeah. And to your point, it's like, yeah, you're never going to go like, oh, let's say burnout or depression. Like either one is kind of the same thing. Like you're never going to go from being really happy at work to like waking up the next day and being like, fuck this job. I hate it. Like there's going to be signs and same with, at least for me, my depression, if you are Having that rapid of a swing, I highly recommend you see a psychiatrist because that is probably severe depression. Um, But most of the time, you're not going to go from being 100% happy, positive, all good to having an extreme depressive day. And so, yeah, to Autumn's point, like doing it halfway down the hill is still way easier, finding those identifying things and like all of the things that you're like, oh, I don't want to like go for my little walk. I don't want to like have my thing or I forgot to take my meds or whatever it is. Like the more that you do that, the more you're going to slip and then the harder it's going to be to continue doing it. It's just like such a cycle. And so making that long-term decision-making 
right now, doing what you can for the, your future you is like the best thing that you can possibly do for yourself. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, those are my five little tips, <laughs> my rules I live by. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. We're old. It's funny dating an older guy because he's just a couple years he's older. But like, older. <laughs> you make it sound like he's 40. Yeah. No, I know. But it's like we I it's funny now because I'm like, I always like I don't feel like he's that much older than me. Mm-hmm. But when I have these moments and like when we were in college and he was 25 and we were like such dicks to him, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that he's still here. <laughs> Because now that like I'm his age when we were 23, it's just like, oh, oh God. Like there is a big difference in the way that you think. Oh yeah. And I think it's funny too. Like for me, I mean, Sean's like almost a year younger than me. He just turned 24, which I'm so glad because 24 also sounds much older than 23. So I'm like, thank God I was a 23 year old anymore. (laughs) It's fun to watch him like go through these same phases too. And I was telling him, I was like, you've become this like really stoic person in the last like year and a half. Like he is so patient and like lets things like wash over him and it in not an avoidant way, like in a in a productive way. And I'm like, I don't know how like your brain is developing nicely because I don't know how that happened. Like I I used to be like the more stoic one. And now I'm like, I don't like, I don't have the restraint that you do. I don't have the patience that you do. Like, so it's fun to also watch it. Like I'm almost like Kai's position, but also not really. Cause we're kind of like closer in age in that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like men are a little behind in terms of like emotional maturity than us. And so it's yeah. kind of fun to like watch those things like lock into place with, with Sean too. I'm like, well, cool you're gonna be my therapist now prefrontal cortex I see it it's coming in yeah it's really it's growing nicely (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is I mean I think it's just like it's kind of like the same thing I think we talked about this already but like at work I'm like oh I don't know a single thing and then I talked to like an intern and I'm like you don't know a single thing (laughs) like it's good to see like other people and be like oh no I do see the difference like I see the progression and I think I don't know. We have a fun, a fun twenties. It's I'm like, I'm really happy with where my life is at and I'm very excited for what's ahead. And I think it can be scary because you're losing a phase, but to your point, I feel like I already mourned this phase like so long ago that I don't care at all. I'm like ready for the next step in my life. Um, but I am happy that I'm 25 and I just feel like it's like kind of closing the book on like early twenties, which like early twenties were a big growth period for me. And so like growth is painful. So like a lot of my early twenties were like painful and difficult in like a really positive, productive way, but like hard. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like excited to be a little bit more well-balanced and have a bit of like clearer priorities and goals and move into this like next phase of life, which I think is going to be hopefully a little bit easier. (laughs) Harder in a different way. I don't know, know, but at least maybe Maybe less painful. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a little easier because at least it seems like you've developed a better toolkit to deal with things Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. better mindset to deal with things. Not in the way that like hard shit is not going to happen anymore because it's always going to happen. But at least now you know yourself a little better and know how you want to interact with the world to get like the results that you want a little better. So it's like maybe you can 
manage these storms easier than before. Agreed. Well, thanks for listening in. Cheers to 25. Autumn turns 25 in like a month, two months. And so you'll hear her five tips then. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, uh, like us, rate, review, subscribe. Tell us that you love us. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next week. Woo!